Hello, my friend. I'm so glad that you're here. Let's get right into it. This segment is called Behind Closed Doors. You know, as a speaker that has done very well for himself and been blessed to speak to hundreds of thousands of people around the world and had his videos been viewed by millions, literally hundreds of millions of people on this planet, I can tell you that more has gone wrong in my career than gone right. This is so true and you need to get this. More has gone wrong in my career than goes right. More goes not as planned than as planned in my life. And it's rare that we talk about that. Nowhere in my intro video, my what they call a sizzle reel, do we talk about the failures, the upsets, the rejections. That's why part of this show, I'm committed to letting you in behind closed doors and tell you about those things. Because it's so easy to just look at the success and and the accomplishments and the accolades and think, I'll never get what he has. But you need to hear what I've had to go through. You need to hear about the disappointments just so that we can level the playing field and so that you know that when you go through these tough moments, you're not alone. Everybody has to go through them. So I mapped out three upsets in my career that maybe someday you'll go through something similar and you'll know you're not alone. About four years ago, a major corporation, a Fortune 500 company, they're a huge uh, sports apparel company, I had been uh, setting my eyes on to work with. And I finally got a lead into the company, and I got flown out uh, from my city to the headquarters city. And just for the sake of confidentiality, I'm not going to tell you who it is, uh, but you would know of this company. And the person that I knew inside this company gave me a tour of the beautiful corporate headquarters, uh, they outfitted me with a bunch of apparel. Uh, they let me meet with some of their top executives. I actually put together a commercial for them that I paid my own money to put together a commercial that if I was uh, being featured by them, this is what it would look like. So I could put some, you know, almost like the movie Inception, I could put the ideas into their unconscious mind. Everything was going great. They said, we really would love to work with you. And then I flew home and had a series of meetings on the phone with them. And we talked about what the grand plan would be for me to work with their employees. And I mapped out a very in-depth in uh, business plan, a strategy on how I was going to work with them, a, uh, a whole curriculum. And it was going to be uh, close to, I believe, a $92,000 deal. And this is about four years ago. And it would have been the largest contract that I would have ever received from one company. And I got to tell you, it was so exciting. And I remember I went through uh, hurdle after hurdle and met with different people in the company. And I remember the, the last conversation... 
I had with my contact in there. He said, Sean, we got green lights all the way around. It had been months since we started the conversation. And he said, we just have one more meeting. It's just simply a uh, strategic meeting. Everything looks like it's a go, and we'll be able to uh, get you a check out, and you just got to get this last signature, and I'm sure everything's going to go without a hitch, and so I'm excited to start working with you. I hung up the phone, and I did something that almost anybody in my position would have done, and that is I went out and I celebrated. I got together with my friends, and I reached out to my family. I literally threw a parade in my own honor, and everything was awesome. Here I was, stepping into my goal. I felt higher than a kite. And then I remember the next day, uh, the phone rang. It was just supposed to be a a routine conversation to tell me, uh, you know, how they're going to send me the money. And I was... I was actually on the toilet. I know that's uh, a little too much information maybe for you, but I was on the toilet when I got the call, and something was interesting about the sound of this person's voice. They said, I'm sorry, Sean, but the deal fell through. We just needed one more signature from the HR department. And because this HR person wasn't responsible for finding you, I was, they thought that that didn't look good on their watch. If I was, if Sean had been a success, if you had been a success, then they would look bad for not being the one that brought it to the company. And if you don't do well, they're worried that that's going to be on them for not doing the research on you. So... It's too big of a risk for them, so they would rather pass. So they didn't give you a signature on the last dotted line. And so therefore, it's not going to happen. Now, I know it's a first world problem. And I know that there are a lot of people that would love to have that challenge of getting that far along in the process, but... I was emotionally devastated. And when I think back to that version of me four years ago, my heart still aches for that guy. But the reason why my heart aches is that I counted all my chickens before they were hatched. I thought I had everything when I really didn't have anything. I celebrated too early. I got my hopes up in all the wrong ways. Instead of keeping calm, knowing that it wasn't a done deal until we had the signatures, until the money was cashed, I went out like a true rookie, a true novice, and I threw a parade in my own honor before I had even achieved what I thought had happened, what I really wanted happen and it hurt like hell and I went into a depression I know that sounds silly maybe but I went into a period of mourning and I was embarrassed to reach out to all my friends and family and tell them it didn't happen and for a long while it shot my confidence down to zero 
and I lost a bunch of engagements after that because I was just I was just not a good energetic space. I was not vibrating at high frequency, and therefore I pushed away other money. And maybe you don't believe that life works that way, but I do. I believe that when your confidence gets shot, when you don't believe in yourself, nobody wants to invest in you. And there was a period of months when I felt all alone. And it sucked. And so, fast forward about two and a half years later, I was proud of how I handled it. Because what I said is, okay, no worries. Well, keep me in mind in the future. I didn't badmouth them. I didn't throw a fit. I didn't make the person feel bad. I just weathered the storm. And fast forward two and a half years later, (laughs) that company called me back. And they hired me. Now, they didn't hire me to do that big $90,000 plus engagement They just hired me for one speech, but I got my foot back in the door. And because I handled myself in a respectable manner and didn't burn any bridges, the opportunity came back to me. It was a different opportunity, but I was still able to come back and help that company and add that to my resume. Another experience that I had that really was a disappointment and upset was when I tried to get my first major book out, Get Off Your Butt. I went through three years and three different literary agents, and each literary agent took it out and did all the publishing rounds. They showed them the proposal, and each set of publishers said, no, we're not interested. No, we don't think people could relate to this. It was no, 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 no. Three years. I remember each agent coming back to me and saying, Sean, sorry, I tried. You know, one agent, I think, worked for a full year on it. One worked for several months, and another one worked for almost another year on it. And it wasn't until the right timing happened that the the actual same publisher that turned it down three years earlier, they had a different person in that position. They actually saw the potential of the book, and they took the deal, they, they gave me a deal, I should say, and they took a chance on me, they took a risk on me, and what was great is that that book now has been uh, translated in over a dozen languages, it's been around the world, it's been an international bestseller, but most people don't know that I had three years of round after round after round of being told, no, 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 no. It was so tempting to want to quit. But I'm glad that I had people around me that said, No, Sean, they're just not seeing the vision. Hold the course. And there's a fine line between being crazy insane and just being a a, a visionary that believes in something. And think about all the people that have been helped reading that book in over 12 different languages around the world because I didn't quit. The third upset and disappointment that I wanted to share with you is I came out with a television show. 
And man, oh man, did I think once I had a television show, I was going to make it as big as Dr. Phil. I was so excited. I got this TV show. It was uh, called Three Foot Giant. And let me tell you, it took it took about two and a half to three years with that uh, endeavor between the time that I, I started working with the executive producer until it finally came out on the air. I had to fly back and forth between New York and L.A. trying to convince different networks that I was going to be the one that could make a difference on television and have the show be real. I I heard so many negative comments, people telling me, Sean, nobody can relate to you. Sean, there's nothing really that special other than the fact that you're in a wheelchair. I mean, I heard some really negative crap, but I didn't quit. But even with that show coming out, even with the A&E Network, here's something that most people don't know about. At the last minute, the A&E Network that we chose to go with it, they decided to shelve it on one of their side networks called the Bio Channel. And they decided not to pick up more than one episode. And only a few hundred thousand, I think about 120,000 people saw the show. And actually, no, I think it was less. I think it might have even been 80,000 people saw the show. And it was, to me, it felt like a big disappointment. Because here I thought I had made it. I had the television show deal. And it really didn't do anything big for my career. So what did I do? I had to rewrite the experience in my mind. I had to reframe the experience. So instead of telling people I didn't get a TV deal, I started to reposition in people's minds that the biography channel did a special on me. Is that true? I don't know. I mean, they did only one episode, and they didn't even call it a series, so it kind of was a special. And when I rewrite it in my mind, and when I rewrite it in my resume, I position it that the Bio Network did a feature on my life. And I utilize that way of looking at it. And some people might say that's delusional. Some people that say might, might say that that's changing history. No, that's what I had to do to rewrite the experience so that I could have the energetic momentum to get back out there and do something new and exciting with my life. So what disappointment do you need to rewrite in your life? What's something that you have to go through in looking at a mistake or a failure, a flop? How can you learn from it? How can you reposition it so that it looked intentional and made sense to others that that showed that you had the fortitude to get back up or that it was even actually a success that was designed that way for a purpose? I might be called crazy because I'm reframing my life constantly. But I got to tell you, if I didn't reframe my life, I'd never get back up. It's never too late to redefine the moments in your life. That's what one of my apprentices, Jamie Del Fiero, teaches. She's been through so many 
heartaches and pains. She was raped when she was young. She was abused. She went through drug use. And you know what? She teaches people it's never too late to redefine the moments in your past. And I agree with her. What moments do you need to redefine in your past? In the next segment, I call it I've Been Thinking. And I want to know, where are you leaking little amounts of energy everywhere? You might be thinking, what the heck are you talking about? Well, where are you leaving little winds on the table? Where where are you leaking the energy? Like, are you not making your bed in the morning? <laughs> are you leaving messes around the house? Are you not sitting down with your children and just asking them how their day is going? Where do you have little rocks in your shoe that are causing constant daily aches? That cause a little bit of leaking over here of energy, leaking over there of energy. And I want you to think about what can you do to plug the little holes so that you can get more energetic momentum in your life. What little actions can you take to gain energetic momentum? You know, I heard a video on YouTube of a Navy SEAL training saying, you need to collect little wins in your life to go after the big things. And he says, the best thing you could do is in the morning, make your bed. It's a little energetic win. It's something that doesn't allow leak in your life. You need to close some of the programs in your mind that are just leaking energy. Because life is all about energetic momentum. If you want to succeed, you need to build up little wins to get the big things in life. In the last segment today, segment number three, I call Lucrative Speaker. And in this segment, I want you to embody this concept of planned inevitability. What do you need to do in your speaking career? What do you need to do to make it inevitable that you're going to make shit happen? What is something that you can do today to put yourself in the path of what you want? Another way of saying that is, what do you need to do to throw your hat over the fence so that if you want that hat, you're going to have to climb that fence and go get it? Do you need to set up an appointment with a decision maker to talk to them about how you would like to be the speaker at their next event? Do you need to go interview a speaker and ask them how they got their start? What are the things they do to market? What are some of the things that are successful that they are currently doing in their business? What speakers do you need to go research and look at the career that they had? What people do you need to be talking to that have what you want so that you can go do what they have? You know, most people's ego will not let them model success. They want to try to do it all on their own, reinvent the wheel, and that's stupid. No, you want to embody this concept of planned inevitability where you make it so that you put yourself in the way of your greatness. You place yourself on the path of what needs to be done so that you can have that speaker career. No one is coming for you to save you. You have to be the savior in your own career. 
Be willing to be a student. Be willing to ask good questions. And if there's one thing that you could do to take action today that I recommend to you, it's go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash lucrative speaker and get into my community. Get into my reality. Have dialogues with me in that Facebook group because I want to make a difference in your life. I really hope you get things out of this show. Thank you so much for listening today. Go out there and take action, and have a wonderful day.